0: fashion sense or enduring charisma that he personifies rock and roll itself. Powerfully sexual, threatening, liberating, and joyous all at once. Jason Aithanson, ABC News. So, Hollywood. one thing that'll never be used to describe me. Powerfully or- <laughs> sexual? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't think <laughs> oh. my name and that will ever be in the same sentence. Uh, I don't know, you sure yourself. <laughs> powerfully sexual? <laughs>
1: Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. 6-12 on this Thursday morning,
2: Wisconsin's Morning News. The retail theft epidemic just showing no signs of slowing. One of the reasons you have to think contributing to inflation is not only various economic forces, but obviously, if... A number of people are walking out of stores without paying for stuff. Consistently, yeah. Right. That's not just absorbed. It's absorbed by us, right? That's mm-hmm. gotta be driving some of the price increases that we're all seeing at stores of every kind almost every day. And and these are just the ones that are actually reported from local police. I could bring you a major retail theft story from Southeast Wisconsin. Almost every day, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. You're right. Because we get the notes on it, we see the reports on it.
2: Fox 6 just did, I don't know if you saw their story last week, a report on the diaper girls. This, according to Fox, is a couple of ladies that are known to several Northside drugstores like Walgreens, CVS, those places who go in, according to the report, in some cases daily and swipe diapers and all the baby stuff and just walk out. And there's nothing that the store says that, according to their corporate
0: policies, they're able to do about that. Well, see, and that's the that's the unique challenge is that like, do you hire someone to be the security guard? Which I've heard, by the way, finding security guards is very difficult these days.
2: And then, what do you empower that security guard to do? Right, right. Physically
0: detain people. And there have been issues there, by the way. Them. There has been some deadly shootings involving security right. guards outside some of these stores.
2: What are you gonna? This was North Side of Milwaukee. What are you gonna call the police? They're investigating homicides. Yeah, yeah we'll be there,
0: I guess. And if your kid is working that store, you want them getting in right. front of somebody Certainly stealing not. diapers? So I,
2: there's not an easy solution, I guess. Uh, here's one for Brookfield. Lady just walked out of the Ulta Beauty on Blue Mound Road with over, and this, I guess I don't shop for beauty supplies often. This always gets me, these price tags of what they're able to walk out with. I mean, give me a number for, she walked out with makeup. Makeup. <laughs> Put
0: like one one piece of makeup? It was uh, more than one I'll item. say hundreds of, uh, $500. $1,200. How's that even possible? Well, that's like three things, right, Debbie? <laughs>
3: Depends on, depends on what you get, but right, yeah. Perfume or whatever. On the price. And Ulta's you know, not a... the cheapest thing in the world either, so.
2: Okay. Police, in this case, at least put out a picture, description. I don't know if they ever find these people. Capital One Research reported U.S. stores lost an estimated $86.6 billion to retail theft in 2022. It's only going up. Projections indicate that in 2025, retail theft could cost stores more than $115 Ooh. billion. Sports is coming up next. It's brought to you by Wisconsin Harley-Davidson in Oconomowoc, your destination dealer. Time for an
1: update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Another tough night for our brew crew out in Hollywood. Clayton Kershaw tossed five strong innings. Mookie Betts scored five times. and The Dodgers go on to beat the Milwaukee Brewers by final of 7-1 to one on Wednesday night. You know, we, I thought we'd did a decent job against Kershaw. Had some good swings. Um, you know, didn't get a ball to drop to kind of create a big opportunity. And then, um, you know, then their bullpen shut us down pretty good, and, and nothing after that. To make the loss even worse, the Chicago Cubs and Cincinnati Reds both win. The Brewers losing a game in the race for the top spot in the NL Central, now leading by only two and a half games. Milwaukee will look to avoid the series sweep later tonight with a first pitch of 9-10 out there in Los Angeles before they head to Texas. Coverage will get underway here on WTMJ beginning at 8.35. Corbin Burns expected to get the start for the Brew Crew. From the Diamond to the NFL, as the Green Bay Packers welcomed in the New England Patriots to begin a pair of joint practices in Titletown on Wednesday morning. A good day overall for the Packers, one that saw a 75-yard touchdown toss from Jordan Love to Christian Watson, Packers QB1 speaking post-practice. And how he felt about the team's first joint session in Green Bay? I think it was a good day. A lot of things, you know, to clean up, to work on, and then obviously a lot of good things. But um, once again, I think it was just good for us to go against a new defense, um, see some new looks. They threw a lot of stuff at us today. Um, it's just really good for our development to keep, you know, keep seeing new looks, different things, and
3: uh, just go back and look at the film and see how we did.
1: Packers Patriots will hit the practice field once again later today before their Week Two preseason matchup on Saturday night. That joint practice again. Will be open to the public. And lastly, over to women's soccer in the wake of the U.S. team's elimination by Sweden in the round of 16 at the 2023 Women's World Cup. Vlatko Adavansky has stepped down as manager of the U.S. women's national team. The U.S. will look to find his replacement sooner rather than later, with the 2024 Olympics taking place in less than a calendar year. Coming up, we got an update on two stories
2: where Hollywood meets real life. That coming up next on Wisconsin's Morning News. 6:22 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Couple of Hollywood controversies that spill over into real life. Which you want to do first? You want to do Blindside first? Do you want to do Bernstein?
0: Well, we got some. You have updates on both. I, I today. do. I do. Well, let's start with Bernstein. Oh, it's uh, twelve. No.
3: <laughs> Six. No. Can you the movie it? is Just Maestro. Bradley Cooper is your lead and, and your director. It to you.
0: It's about Point. Leonard Bernstein, yeah. the composer. <laughs> Oscar buzz already Mm -hmm, for Bradley Cooper. The
2: trailer just
0: dropped. Mm -hmm, Just dropped, and it's very pretty unique and interesting. There's a lot there there, I think. And uh, and Bernstein had a very fascinating life. His 25-year marriage, also very unique and fascinating as well. It It was rocky at times and lots going on there. So anyway, it makes for a good film. Well, Anyway, the criticism now is that Bradley Cooper plays Bernstein, who's Jewish. Bradley Cooper is not. And Cooper wears a prosthetic nose to look more like the character and there were some that were using the term which i'd never heard before a jew face that he was actually just trying to accentuate being jewish that you don't need the nose in order to play leonard bernstein would have bought the character if he hadn't yeah right? right okay uh so now we're hearing from the family bradley cooper included the three of us along every step of his amazing journey as he made his film about our father that from the three children We were touched to the core to witness the depth of his commitment, his loving embrace of our father's music, and the sheer open-hearted joy he brought to his exploration. It breaks our hearts to see any misrepresentations or misunderstandings of his efforts. So then it goes on to say, It happens to be true that Leonard Bernstein had a nice big nose. Bradley chose to use makeup to amplify his resemblance, and we're perfectly fine with that. We're also certain that our dad would have been fine with it as well. Any strident complaints? Around this issue, strike us above all as disingenuous attempts to bring a successful person down a notch—a practice we observed all too often perpetrated on our own father. That from Leonard Bernstein's three children saying, "Hey, back off, stand down. Yeah, this we're is good not, with it. This he is worked not what with you us. Think it is? Yeah, he's worked closely with it. And I don't. I don't does that make it okay? Then I, I don't. I mean, those three obviously probably have." Some stake in the game, too. Right. Obviously, they want a lot of people to go see the movie.
2: Important conversation, but to hear the children weigh in in the manner in which they did and to say, no, we, not only did were we okay with it, we signed off on this. This is yeah. done in cooperation with us. And and again, I made the point yesterday. I think there's a difference between playing an actual person and trying to look more like that person as opposed to just pulling some stereotypes
0: just to build a caricature. Just playing a Jewish person. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then doing that. Right. Yeah, I got you. So this is probably done now. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll keep it. They'll want it to percolate a little bit longer. I'm okay. telling you, just like the uh, the small town song. <laughs> Eric's idea is everybody on the movie side is fine with this because all it is is us talking about it. Money, 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 money. <laughs> okay. Everything is about money. Okay. Everything. You want conspiracy. You you want controversy. You want your song that no one was talking about in May to be the number one song in <laughs> August because everyone's upset about it. Just say saying. Uh, okay. <laughs> On to the Tui family now. Uh, the Tui family, this is, of course, the blindside situation. They've been firing back at Michael Orr, who accused them of disingenuous, disingenuously signing him to a conservatorship and lying to him so they could make more money off of the movie and of the book. Of course, they helped him get into college and he had a successful pro career. They say he knew all along about the arrangement.
2: The Tui's say Orr knew about the arrangement and even wrote about it in his own book years ago.
1: This is somebody they treated as a son who has made public these allegations that are just ludicrous.
3: The Tui's claim money from the movie was split evenly among the family and Orr
2: each getting $100,000, but that Orr threatened to plant a negative story about them in the press unless they paid him $15 million. So I think
0: Christmas this year at the Tui family is going to just, that'll be a great party. <laughs> that'll be awesome. I think
2: the strongest fam- uh, the argument from the family heretofore has been, I think the father came out and Mr. Tui and just said like, we also we didn't really need got the a money. lot of money, right. We negotiated yeah. because this was selling the rights to our story and Michael's story, and so there was a negotiation to be
0: had there, but like we were fine, and they're also an accusation that he's tra- he's selling a book, so he wants the attention to to make that happen.
3: No, they only made a hundred thousand dollars each, so the the oars and the Toohey's got. $200,000 out of the entire deal of an Oscar-winning movie.
0: Probably not. See, yes, to a certain extent, Debbie, but also you can make the argument that the, you can also reap the benefits for years to come after the fact. Well, I like, suppose. She's a get, motivational speaker. Residuals. Yeah, I mean, there's okay. other reasons where they could have made money.
3: But that's the thing. It's like they didn't make all that much money. I mean, at least the Tui's didn't make that much money. They're they're like, you know, it's not like they made $15 million so off of the though. Right. But either way,
0: <laughs> my
2: takeaway from this, for for me personally, it ruins the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: you, <can't laughs> you don't even care about the family. Right. You know, you're not sad about the family. Yeah, Just the right. movie. And now
3: the, the movie's a fantasy. So, so how, there you go. how does this
0: impact me? Like every other based on a real life film, it's not perfectly <laughs> accurate. time to celebrate an everyday hero on Wisconsin's Morning News, presented by Azura Memory Care and Assisted Living, transforming the culture of care, Azura Memory Care and Assisted Living. This is when we celebrate that average John or Joe, that average Jane or Janet, who had no idea when they got up that morning that they would save a life. It's kind of Today, we're going to look back, Vince, at what happened in Michigan last weekend. You may recall there was an air show on Sunday. Oh, yeah, yeah. A couple of guys in an old Russian MiG-23, Was that what it one? was? Flying over Belleville Lake when the machines shut down. They had to evacuate, eject. We saw the video of these guys ejecting from the plane, which would later crash. No one, thankfully, was seriously hurt from that incident. But those pilots landed in parachutes in a lake. That's where Charlie Rowell and Joshua Peterson come from. They were on Belleville Lake when they saw the pilots shoot out. As soon as I saw uh, the canopy come off and
3: then the ejection seats come out, um, I made the decision to just go.
1: Not something you ever thought you would see. And, yeah, I I heard the boat start and
0: said, I'm going with you. Yes, sir. So they... Pull up to the pilot, who's in the water just days. You know, he was obviously shaken up, right? This is what happened. And I just double-handed grabbed him and set him over my shoulder up onto the boat. That's Joshua there talking to WLNS6 there. And he, you know, we talked about this. He said the first thing the pilot kept saying is, guys, everyone all right? Is everybody all first right? First thing they said was, I hope everybody's okay. I hope you can everybody's imagine okay. That. Where'd, where'd the plane go? Where'd the plane go? Thankfully, it it almost hit an apartment building. No one hurt from the crash. A different boater sped over to the co-pilot, who was a few hundred yards away. Mark Duff spoke to local force, said the co-pilot struggling with his parachute
1: in the water. He was trying to get his uh, things off and treading water, and I, I grabbed him, and he said, thank you, I felt like I was going under.
0: And you know what I'm going to say next, right? You know what the next soundbite is going to be? Yeah, just doing what anybody else would have done. Well, here's the best part about it. Not only that, but what Charlie said is everyone was doing this. Everyone was going to help. The heroes are all over that lake. There are several boats that jumped into it, you know, and people were actually in the water with these guys. Yeah. Heroes. A lake them. full of heroes. Yep. Sitting on the boat, you see that happen, what do you do? You go save the day. So thanks to Joshua, to Charlie, and to Mark for being our everyday heroes today. Everyday Heroes presented by Azura Memory Care and Assisted Living, transforming the culture of care. Azuri, Azura Memory Care and Assisted Living.
1: Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Green Bay Packers are set to begin joint practice number two with the New England Patriots later this morning. That joint session will begin roughly around 1030 this morning and is open to the public. The Milwaukee Brewers dropped their second consecutive game against the L.A. Dodgers out west on Wednesday night. This one by a final of 7-1 with the loss in a Chicago and Cincinnati win. The Brewers now leading the NL Central by two and a half games over both of those teams. Milwaukee will look to avoid the sweep with the final game in L.A. tonight. Coverage gets underway here on WTMJ beginning at 835. And lastly, Dominican Republic prosecutor says division specializing in minors and gender violence is leading the Wander Franco investigation. Franco, the Tampa Bay's all-star, is currently being investigated for a relationship with a minor. It's time for Extra Points. A sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's morning news. Here's Brendan Snide. Green Bay Packers are roughly three weeks away from embarking on their post Aaron Rodgers life. Number 12 is officially gone and number 10 is in. The youth movement in Green Bay is officially underway. Youth and speed, the new motto in a place referred to as Titletown. Could the Packers be in the midst of creating a movement on their offensive line right before our own eyes? Former Packers backup quarterback Kurt Bankert spent a segment on a talk show this week to discuss his thoughts on the upcoming season in Titletown. He shared his praise for love as the new QB1 in Green Bay, but also dipped his thoughts into the future of the Packers' former All-Pro left tackle, David Bakhtiari. Banker made the point, very well-known by the way, and eventually doubled down on it later on Twitter, that he thinks Bakhtiari could at one point be traded to the New York Jets this year season, or as head coach Matt LaFleur refers to it as, quote, Green Bay East, I am firmly in the camp that it is never a good idea to trade an all-pro blindside tackle. That point is emphasized this season with a first-year starter under center. But if the guy can't play or isn't going to be relied on to be there week in and week out, the thought could be there for general manager Brian Gutekunst, who has shown zero fear in making his Moves. Bakhtiari has not practiced much this summer as he and the team listed as, quote, the plan heading into camp for 2023. I doubt Green Bay trades their left tackle. But at this point, with Goody, with Rogers, Rodgers, would you be surprised? Packers have focused on getting younger. And with only a year left on his contract, a trade out to Green Bay East would make sense. on Wisconsin's
2: Morning News this Thursday morning. I want to tell you about an interesting idea that I've heard about. I think it can work and thus deserves some attention here and support. And Because of my work with so many nonprofits in our area, I've seen a lot of things that work and a lot of things that don't work. So I think when when somebody comes up with an idea that can actually get results, I really think it's important to highlight it. And the story today is about a housing development, community-based living, targeting people with developmental and intellectual disabilities. And the women behind the idea, they're both moms from our area. They both have children with varying types of disabilities. Emily Peters and Amy Hansel founded Communities of Crocus. So here's Amy. She has two sons with autism. And because the lack of housing for people with special needs in Wisconsin, she's in a really heartbreaking position.
3: In the state of Wisconsin, there's not the care that can support him. He is now living outside of my home. And it's become my daily life for the past three years to spend half of my time out east and half of my time in Wisconsin supporting my second son, who is also autistic but has the ability to live in the community a little bit better uh, and doesn't need as many supports as my younger son.
2: That's Amy Hansel. She's one of the founders of Communities of Crocus. And I'll tell you what they plan to do about that in a moment. But first, just painting a picture here. Housing is tough for a lot of people right now. Even if you've been out in the housing market trying to find a home to buy, place to live, all of that, it's tough. It's expensive. Homes are going for twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 over the asking price. So especially those then... With special needs of any kind, and I know this in my work with Special Olympics over the years, many adults with intellectual disabilities, for example, they're living with their families. Well, Those families are wondering, what's going to happen here when we're gone?
3: I mean, even in Wisconsin alone, we have 60% of people with IDD that are living with their family. What happens when those elderly parents pass on? What happens in a family emergency if the parents are incapacitated and unable to care for these adults? These individuals are at extreme risk for homelessness or insufficient housing, And we have got to provide opportunities now before it gets to that point.
2: Yeah. And so then, you know, like this should touch your heart, but even if it doesn't, you have to think like after that point, it becomes not somebody else's problem. It becomes a community problem. You have to find places for people to live. And in many cases, again, when you're talking about people with IDD, they need some help. And there are plenty of people I know with intellectual disabilities specifically who can live fairly independent lives. They just need like a little bit of help. And they want to do it.
3: They want to live independently, Vince. They're just like me and you. When we Just if you think back of when you graduated from college, I graduated from college, and, you know, we wanted to get out and about maybe even before that on our own. <laughs> yeah, these, maybe. <laughs> these individuals are the same as us. They're adults. They want their own lives.
2: So that's Amy Hansel again. She and another local mom, Emily Peters, they've started a nonprofit called Communities of Crocus. They are raising money and support for a large housing development that would offer supportive living situations for those who need it. And then homeowner opportunities for everyone else to just kind of share in this larger community.
3: It'll be for individuals. It'll be for families. It'll be for couples. It'll be for individuals that want to live in a community like this and provide natural support to adults with IDD.
2: The development is called Communities of Crocus. Where they are right now, they're targeting a land purchase. They're looking at southeast Milwaukee County, possibly getting that done as early as this year, which would put them on target for an opening in 2026. I certainly salute these moms for bringing this good work to our attention. And if you want to learn more about it, we've got an article up on our website at wtmj.com. You can text the word housing, H-O-U-S-I-N-G, housing. To the Old National Bank Talk and Text Line, that's 855-616-1620. Old National Bank, get old. Text the word housing and we can send that article out to you. Again, it's called Communities of Crocus.